Hello, this is Justin Japan on a bike. I thought I would recount the tale of my very first motorbike. That is the first motorbike that I owned and that was when I was 17. In Britain at the time we were legally allowed to ride a motorbike on the road at 16 years old. However, I did not get a motorbike until I was 17. At the time, we could ride a f up to a 50cc motorbike at 16 years old, and that 50cc motorbike was uh, limited to 30 miles per hour, which is 50 kilometers per hour. And I also believe it may have been limited in power, but I can't quite remember that detail. Now, motorbikes that were made before the law change were not restricted. So, previously the law had allowed people to ride motorbikes up to 250cc, up to 250cc. And I can't, as again, again, I can't remember when the law changed because when I came of age, the law was already at uh, 16 years old for 50cc uh, but as I said I didn't own a motorbike until I was 17 and the very first motorbike I bought was a Yamaha YB100 a Yamaha YB100 and in those days we didn't have the internet we couldn't look we couldn't look things up easily online we looked through small ads in newspapers. Now these may have been local papers, uh, regular local newspapers with small ad sections towards the back of the paper usually. Uh, they also may have been free ad papers. These are newspapers that are delivered for free to every house, whether you want it or not, that is predominantly full of advertising uh, usually commercial advertising with small ad sections towards the back and uh, of course the other way to buy a motorbike would be simply to go to a dealer now I was only 17 uh, I was still in school and I was working part-time and saved up money to from my part-time jobs I saved up money to buy a motorbike and the kind of money you can save up from a part-time job is obviously not going to buy you something new and it's not going to buy you something modern so boys like me at the time were rather limited to the cheapest motorbikes that were on offer and uh, there weren't that many to be honest that were roadworthy but in Britain, even a 50cc bike was still subject to what we call MOT, that is Ministry of Transport Test. Uh, so if you hear me say MOT, that's the British version of the government inspection the for safety and, and the like. Uh, here in Japan, uh, the, the, the equivalent of the MOT is called Shaken, and that is not applicable to vehicles uh, below 250cc but uh, in Britain it's uh, applicable as far as I know to every motor vehicle so certainly even a 50cc motorbike 
was subject to an MOT, to a government inspection, and what we call road fund license, um, that's the official name, uh, I should say that we colloquially call it road tax. So when we looked for a vehicle to buy, uh, a used vehicle, we would look in the small ads and we would look for it to be taxed and tested. Uh, taxed and tested means the road fund license had been paid, uh, it was valid still, and the MOT, that is the government inspection, was still valid, which meant we didn't have to go through too much uh, bureaucracy and hassle to ride it. And all we needed to do was get insurance. In Britain, we do not have any kind of mandatory uh, insurance that is paid at the time of the government inspection like is in Japan. In the shake, with the shaken in Japan, it's a government inspection and on top of that it's um, we have to pay a, a, a tax, a vehicle tax and on top of that we have to pay mandatory third-party insurance. In Britain insurance is absolutely mandatory but there's no state-run system. We have to uh, buy it privately through private insurance companies and we are not allowed to drive or ride any vehicle on the road without um, insurance. So generally speaking what we do is uh, when we decide that we want to buy a vehicle we have to phone, well we, in the old days we would phone our insurance company or just look through uh, like the yellow pages or something um, and phone for a quote and uh, choose whichever was cheapest. So I, um, I had what was called a provisional license. So what we were, were allowed to do was when we got our, our provisional license, which allowed us in those days to drive a car on L plates. So what we did was we had a white square plate um, a few inches a, uh, across, which had a big red capital L in it and in those days we were able to drive on L plates if somebody sat next to us who had passed their driving test. Uh, I believe the law is totally different now but in those days you could do that easily but and also what we could do was we could at 17 we could ride up to a 125cc motorbike on L plates uh, without passing any test. It was just on what was called a provisional license. The provisional license was valid for two years. So we had two years to take a motorbike test and get our full motorbike license. So I um, had my provisional license, I passed my driving test and then I wanted to take my motorbike test and what was what one reason I was in a hurry to take my motorbike test was because the law was going to change at the time there was only one uh, only one test so once you passed your test you that was it you could ride any motorbike but the law there was a new law coming in to have a tiered license system 
so there was a medium license up to 400cc and then you had to take another test to uh, get a license to allow you to ride bikes bigger than 400cc which I believe is still the situation today um, although as I understand it today you can no longer ride a bike on L-plates without taking some kind of test uh, but back in the day um, it was a lot easier so uh, by the way in Japan it seems to be from as I understand it because I didn't take any test or, or anything in Japan because I was able to exchange my license or I was able to apply for a Japanese license based on my British car and motorbike license uh, so I didn't need to take any test here but as I understand it the system in Japan seems to be the same uh, as the British system so I suspect it's probably the same in other countries too perhaps possibly the whole of Europe I'm not really sure um, but certainly in Brit the British and Japanese systems seem to be very similar for motorbikes in the license uh, aspect uh, although I have heard that from people uh, perhaps somebody can correct me if I'm wrong that um, people can ride a motorbike from 16 in Japan um, and what I mean is they can take a motorbike test to ride a bigger bike than a 50cc uh, even at 16 and even a big bike, somebody even told me you can take a big bike but I don't think you'd fit the time in to do it but you could even take a big bike test um, at 16 I, I find that hard to believe that anyone would be able to do that but you know I, I don't know the details of that somebody let me know um, so the uh, the, the bike I bought, um, I was desperate to get uh, my own transport. I wanted my own. I, I was. I wanted the freedom, and also when I, f well, at the time I was delivering newspapers, and that was my main, uh, what I was doing for income. So it took me quite a while to save money up to, uh, delivering newspapers on my bicycle, and I wanted to uh, get a job that paid more money, and was. Um, better hours. Uh, even though I was at school, I just wanted a better part-time job. So the only way to do that was to travel um, a, f a longer distance from where we lived. So what I did was um, one night uh, I'd, I'd been scouring the uh, the small ads in the local newspapers, and then one night, one evening, I um, I found. Well, I think I probably phoned a few, and I might even have looked at. Had, I might even had. Um, I might even have looked at several bikes. I can't remember the details. I do remember going to like breakers yards. These are like junkyards where they have like really uh, low, low quality bikes that are on their last legs, so to speak. Um, and sometimes we like put the word out on people recommend things and we look at say friends of friends or family and uh, friend family friends or friends of family etc you know um, but uh, what I did was I I finally found a bike that I bought I ended up buying but at the time of course it wasn't I didn't know for sure I was going to buy it but um, I phoned this uh, ad that I saw, um, the guy said uh, I could go and see it straight away, 
and I took I went on a bus ride, quite a long bus ride, and um, the guy picked me up in he was I think he was with his girlfriend, and um, he picked me up from the bus terminal in his car, took me to look at the bike. Now I'd gone there with the cash, and um, in those days it was very easy to do a transaction because all you needed to do was the registration document for the bike um, could simply, it had a section on it where you wrote the details of the uh, new owner and so the, the, the person selling the bike kept one portion of the registration document and there was a section at the bottom that was uh, f the, new, the information for the new owner was filled in and torn off and um, I, I can't remember exactly but what which section which section but one of us kept one section and sent it in and the other person kept the other section and sent it in and then the red the vehicle registration center would um, get each section from one from the owner one from the new owner and they uh, would then I issue a new document and send it to the uh, new owner, and it was it was that easy. Of course, when you bought it, I mean, you you did you filled in the details, but I mean, you you for a while you you had the vehicle for a while without um, your ownership documents. You just had the doc the portion of the document that was given to you by the previous owner, and um, you relied on the previous owner to um, send in the portion of the document with your your information on and you, you will just trust each other to do it properly uh, so there was a certain amount of trust involved in it uh, when you're dealing privately if you'd gone to a dealer or something it would have been different but I, I wasn't able to go to a dealer I didn't have that kind of money the bike was very cheap you know what I cannot remember how much I paid for it but it was really cheap I just remember that uh, it was a, t a YB100 is a two-stroke it looks almost identical. It's very similar to uh, what a Fizzy, which is an FS1E, which is actually a 50cc. Um, so if you know what a, a Fizzy looks like, it looks quite similar to that. I've looked on the internet for a YB100, and they're quite difficult to find, but I have found photos on the internet. Um, unfortunately, I don't have a photo of my first bike. Um, I suppose these days, because we all have smartphones, and f even before smartphones, we all had fo uh, cameras on our phones. We were snapping away all the time. Uh, that we snap away all the time these days. But back in the day, we just didn't snap away at things. We we, we just couldn't do it. We had, you know, the old analog cameras, the old uh, film cameras, and we just didn't snap away at things like that, like we do these days. So there aren't so many photos available of these things. Um, so I yeah I bought I bought the bike it was the evening and really I was taking a risk because I think by the time I the guy had driven me to his place um, and I said I didn't know the guy you know you take these risks that's what you used to do you wasn't you know we we didn't really uh, especially I mean I I didn't care too much I just went off and did things on my own typical alpha male I would go off and do things on my own and um, and um, we had to take risks and. I took a risk and 
luckily it paid off because if I hadn't bought the bike I may have not have been able to get home because I think it was quite late and I may have missed the last bus by the time I'd seen the bike and um, it was quite a way so I didn't even have a helmet and um, the guy luckily the guy he gave me an old helmet that he had I think he'd given up on bikes I think he was he was now just focusing on on cars and um, I don't know whether he had a new bike I don't remember but he gave me an old helmet this helmet was really old really awful had no visor um, and all the padding inside was worn out and um, it was um, it, it was really horrible but I didn't care I was just excited to have my uh, my very first motor vehicle and um, I rode it back, uh, it was quite late, so there wasn't a lot of traffic on the road. Um, and as I said, it was a two-stroke. He gave it to me with fuel in it, and they've, you know, being a little tiny engine, a little, they don't really use much fuel. Uh, the tanks, of course, are quite small, but I mean, they do really um, last you ages. And uh, what I didn't know was that the the oil pump, because two-stroke, if you don't know, two-stroke is a mixture of petrol and oil. And we used to uh, buy what's called two-stroke oil. Now, you could mix it in the tank. You could put petrol in and put two-stroke oil in the tank and mix it, which is quite difficult, actually. So you just sort of hope that it mixes okay. Um, or a lot of bikes had a, an oil tank, and they'd have a little pump so they would pump, of course, you'd get fuel going through the carburettor into the um, engine and you'd also get oil being pumped in to, to the engine from the oil tank. And um, so a two-stroke, by its very design, burns is supposed to burn oil along with petrol. Um, that's, quite, that's why they, they're smoky, that's why they smell bad. And that's probably why they are outlawed in many countries now, uh, especially uh, for motor vehicles. I think they're still you can still get them on things like um, like uh, gardening equipment and strimmers and lawnmowers and a few things like that. But in a lot of countries, two strokes are outlawed. Uh, in Japan, you can't. I don't know when it was like about 20 years ago. I heard that uh, two strokes were no longer allowed to be sold new. However, the law did not um, ban two-strokes that were already on the road. So you can get older two-strokes. Um, and as far as I know, they it's, it's the same in a lot of countries. So I didn't know that the, uh, the, the oil pump wasn't working and um, wasn't pumping oil into the engine. Uh, so he didn't tell me that. I'm, I don't know whether he. I'm sure he did know, but he didn't tell me that. Uh, so um, that caused me so not straight away, but uh, a few days later, it caused the engine to seize, and um, I uh, the back wheel locked up, and I was uh, the bike, the back wheel slid sideways and across the oncoming traffic. Luckily, I was not hit by it. Uh, a truck that was on its way towards me on the opposite side. Um, luckily, I was uh, able to uh, slide right across the road 
to the other side of the road into a ditch and not far from a filling station and um, I went to the filling station and the mechanic there said oh you uh, you asked well oh, we got talking and he ascertained that um, oil was not there was no oil in the tank so um, in in the uh, not the oil tank but there was no oil going in with the mixture so um, I bought some oil two-stroke oil and um, I poured it into the tank and somehow mixed it around and I was shaking it I don't know I'm not sure how to it's stirring it with something I'm not really sure and um, luckily the which is testament to the um, the durability and strength of these these bikes uh, especially Japanese bikes um, the uh, the engine I, I was because it was kickstart of course so the, 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 these old bikes they didn't have any electric start it was kickstart and luckily the bike started after a few attempts and um, I was on my merry way uh, I was I was rather uh, injured from but not seriously I didn't need hospital treatment I'd been injured from the accident um, was shaken up um, but um, yeah not serious I just got on the bike and carried on. Um, and that's what we did. We didn't make a big fuss about it. Um, I don't even think anybody really. I think anybody, if they had noticed, probably didn't did, forgot about it. So it wasn't a big deal. Um, but uh, the night I bought the bike, um, I remember when I got back, my father was. Um, I showed it to my father, and he was pretty. He was angry, but he wasn't like angry like ranting and raving angry but he was pissed off that I'd gone and bought a bike all by myself without consulting him and without uh, I'm not sure whether I, I don't know whether he would have helped me I don't know whether he would I think I knew that, that I'd rather just get on and do it myself and and it would have been a lot quicker and easier than getting my father involved but that's what young men are like we just want to get get on and do things by ourselves so uh, especially British men and and I suppose men in a lot of places, a lot of cultures, um, we just want to get on and do it. So uh, yeah, so that was my first bike, the y Yamaha YB100, I had it for a while. One of my neighbours, a, uh, a kid across the road, was quite excited about it and he didn't have a licence, he wasn't able to ride. Um, and I remember um, we went up to some, um, we went, we found some uh, forestry land and we just started riding on tracks through the woods uh, through the forest and um, he, he gave it a right uh, a right ride in the rough he was really giving it a hard time luckily it survived he was but what I should say was he, although he wasn't um, I don't think he was old enough to ride he was younger than me he was either not old enough or he just didn't have his license yet but um, I couldn't refuse him a go on my bike because he had helped me fix the oil pump, get the oil pump going to um, to then squirt the oil into the um, combustion chamber along with the fuel. So fair play to him, he helped me do it. He got the, the bike working better so I didn't have to pour the oil into the tank uh, manually. Um, uh, I could just pour it into an oil tank as as opposed to pouring it into the fuel tank and uh, mixing it manually. So uh, yeah, that was a, that was good of him. Um, so there we are. That was my first motorbike. 
um, a Yamaha YB100. Had it quite a while, and um, I did sell it eventually. Um, I think I sold it after I started, sometime after I started driving. And um, but what I did was I was able to use the bike to go to a part-time job in a supermarket that was much further away from where we lived and that enabled me to earn much more money and save up and amongst other things buy a car which was my goal at the time so I went for several years uh, without, not that long, but I went for, a, a sh for a several years without having uh, a motorbike and then um, I, I got myself another, I fancied another motorbike, I sort of missed riding around on motorbikes so I went perhaps about three years without a motorbike and um, then I got one which, uh, my next bike which I will talk about in uh, a future upload, a future podcast so this has been Just in Japan on a bike uh, this is uh, a podcast exclusive, it's not going to go in on YouTube um, I've got a YouTube channel and um, I've got video content on the YouTube channel about bike stuff, especially bike stuff in Japan. Well, it's all about bike stuff in Japan because that's where I live. So thanks for listening and uh, I shall be with you again soon.